Welcome to Grease Chats, everybody. In today's episode, I have my friend Effie Panagopoulos, who was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, but has been literally all over the place ever since. She is the founder of the Cleos Mastica Spirit, which happens to be my personal favorite. She is the first Greek woman in history to found a liqueur brand. She has over 15 years of experience marketing and selling spirits in the United States on the streets and as far as the executive level for some of the most well-known brands such as Grey Goose, Metaxa, Bacardi, and many, many more. Her eureka moment was in 2008 at the infamous Mykonos Beach Park called Namos, which is coincidentally written about in Vogue.com where she decided she would be the one to bring this product to the United States and has not only created Greece's first luxury spirit brand, but now has her eyes set on being the new bottle that's on every bar. In this episode, we talk about entrepreneurship, Mastica, business, Greece, and what is the future of Cleos Mastica. Let's jump right into this really fun discussion. What's up, Effie? How are you? Good, how are you? All right, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a long time. I feel like the last time we chatted, I uh, I drank one too many mastijas on your webinar. That was a lot of fun. That was yeah. actually pretty epic. Everyone was, had a blast on that Zoom. That was a great night, and that story made the rounds on Clubhouse that night afterwards. It was hysterical. Everyone was making fun of me for like a week. <laughs> But uh, I think there was some good branding done that night. So everyone heard uh, Cleos. But yeah, that was a, that was a, a fun webinar. I enjoyed uh, making the drinks. You know what? We're not um, we're not curing cancer over here. You know, it's alcohol, so it's we've got to we've got to have fun. You know, I'm very very serious, obviously, about the brand. I spent many years researching and developing Cleos, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's about kind of bringing joy and bringing that. It's like bringing that piece of grease uh, to us here in in the U.S. You know, they say mm-hmm. flavor and aroma is very evocative. And, um, you know, I feel like you open up a bottle of Cleos and it's just instantly it's like, ah, it's like the Greek vacation, you know, yeah. it just, it, it really takes you there, you know? No, for sure. So for those that don't know, why don't you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about Cleos and just the whole, the product in general? Sure. Um, so should start off to say that I am Effie Panagopoulos, first Greek woman in history to start a liquor brand. Um, I also work with Greece's first known female distiller. Her name's Marusa Tzahaki, and she heads up a distillation at Isidoro Sarvanitis, which is a distillery in Lesbos that actually also makes Uso Plomari. So it's arguably one of Greece's best craft distilleries. They've got 18 uh, stills. So a still is what you purify alcohol in and also what you use to give alcohol flavor and aroma, meaning you'd add botanicals um, to the still many times. Um, And so they have 18 stills and we have two stills that are dedicated for mastica. So it's 
a fantastic state-of-the-art distillery. And Cleos is going to be the only double distilled small batch low in sugar mustica on the market. There's like over 50 brands of mustica in Greece. 80% of them are very likely made with artificial flavor and aroma. Um, Turkey is notorious for making fake mustica. And you have to look out for the stamp from the Heels Mustica Growers Association to kind of verify that you're using authentic PDO Heels Mustica. And actually, this is what the stamp looks like on the package here. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll add some information on that on the show notes as well, where they can uh, find that online. But yeah, so only double distilled small batch, low in sugar mustika on the market and the only woman owned and woman distilled. So Cleos is very different, not only from a sugar content standpoint, but also the way we produce, it's going to be very floral, very aromatic. Um, you really can see the differences when you taste side by side with Cleos and other brands of mustika. But really the whole thing with mastica in Greece is that it's, you know, become this thing where it's like, oh, you drink it for free. Tak bam. At the end of your meal, you get a free shot. And, you know, this is what kills me is that this is a PDO product. It's a protected designation of origin ingredient. It is very expensive, very rare. You know, mastica is known as the diamond of spices. And yet what do we do in Greece? Give it away for free. We yes. give away the diamond of spices for free. So this was another one of my things with Cleos was that like, this should be a luxury product, you know? And so um, I tell people if they want to give it away for free, carry another brand. And I don't want to be the brand that's being given away complimentary. Um, so you know, I really wanted to create a luxury modern Greek product for the global consumer. You know, ultimately I wanted to create the new world metaxa. Love it. That's amazing. Um, where can we find Cleos? Like, where is it available? What markets right now? So it's Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, and New Jersey. I'm opening Connecticut actually just opened Connecticut last week, um, opening New Hampshire. It'll be in 36 state liquor stores in New Hampshire uh, and Maine, and also opening Florida very soon. I'm going to be relocating uh, back down to Miami because I lived there for many years and I'm going back. So you can get it online. If you go to my website, drinkleos.com, where to buy, you'll see you know tabs for every state. You can also get it in North Carolina. It's landing very soon in Canada at the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. So people can get it at the LCBO. Um, and then online through Greek Wines Delivered, uh, Fotis Damos, another fellow Bostonian of ours, he's pretty much shipping everywhere. So Amazing. you can also get it online. All right. I want to pivot for a second about you, the entrepreneur. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Effie? aside from Cleos or what led to Cleos, what you did before Cleos, just tell us a little bit about you. So, I mean, born and raised in Boston, I actually majored in languages in college. I majored in French and then I studied Spanish and Italian and I ended up teaching high school Spanish, um, which is where I met our other common friend, uh, 
Chuck Dukas, yes. uh, yes. who I was his I was his teacher. I was literally 21 teaching 17 year old uh, kids, so that was quite the romper room. Um, but I used to do tastings for every brand under the sun. So I've been in the liquor industry honestly since I was like 19. I bartended in college. Then I did tastings and events for tons of brands: Midori, Kahlua, Cavassier, Maker's Mark. I was the Midori girl in Boston. So I drove like a green VW bug around Boston and, you know, did little promos at night. Um, so I've been doing this for a really long time. I ended up working for Bacardi in San Francisco and then also was the first and only national brand ambassador for Metaxa in the United States. So working on Metaxa is kind of what brought me back to Greece and where I had my eureka moment um, with Mastica because I had only known Mastica as a kid as Ipovrigio and spoon dessert. And then I tasted it in an alcohol form right where your background is in Mykonos, uh, yeah. your, your Zoom background. And oh, this is real. I'm really here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I kind of, I tasted Mastica and I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. Why the hell don't we have this in the United States? And I want to be the one to make this happen. So I actually consulted for Skinos. Um, it's another Mastica brand. I helped them come over to the U.S. It didn't work out kind of financially for us to work together. So I decided to go at it on my own and really try to create something that would be an improvement on the category, really to be the true luxury, the true super premium Mastica for the market. Um, but getting this thing off the ground was quite the quite the Sisyphean feat. I, you know, I'm a certified personal trainer. So one of the things that I did to get Cleos off the ground was do a bodybuilding show. So, and people are kind of like, uh, what does one have to do with the other? Well, I just really was afraid of the capital raise, like raising money is really difficult. You just hear no, 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 so many times. So I kind of wanted to set a goal for myself that was going to be difficult and something that would help me get really laser focused. And so with bodybuilding, there's a lot of precision. There's a lot of discipline that's involved. And I would say the same thing goes for raising capital for your business. So I actually not only hit my fundraising goal, but I doubled it for Cleos. Um, because honestly, I was just flying high after I did that bodybuilding show. I was looking great, feeling great. And it really kind of transferred over into just having confidence to raise money and hear no from so many people. I had to do a hundred, I think 180, I think I sent 180 emails to close eight investors. And that's not even that bad, honestly, because I'm raising money again right now. And it's, um, it's pretty crazy how many people I've, I've kind of been pitching and, and talking to or emailing and whatnot. So, yeah. Okay. So I, mean, I think you, you kind of answered my next question is what led to the creation of this when you spoke the, that you work with Metaxa. However, how long ago was that? When was it that you said, I would need to make this project happen? Um, it was a while ago. It was summer of 2008. So I worked for Medexa from 2006 to 2010-ish, very early 2010. And, 
And it was 2008 when I was in Mykonos that I had my Eureka moment. So I launched March of 2018. So it was like a 10 year process. And I wasn't working straight 10 years on getting this off the ground. It was on and off. I would say four years of the 10, I was very focused on getting this off the ground. Meaning like the four years prior to, to launching, which was March of 2018, it was focus groups and formulations. I did 17 formulas for Cleos and the bottle was very difficult to source and produce. Like designing the bottle was the easy part, then finding somebody to actually manufacture this thing that was in our head was the difficult part, you know? Mm -hmm. And it still is. I'm moving production again to Europe on the next production run. So you mentioned uh, it's available in places around the U.S. Is this available around Greece? I'm launching Greece this summer officially. I had soft launched in Mykonos summer of 2017. And then honestly, it was really difficult to get a distributor on board. You know, really kind of bittersweet for me because I wanted to my brand to be in the motherland. And so after the Mykonos launch, uh, we can, I got connected with the airport. So duty-free Greece was like, yeah, we want to test this Athens, Crete and Rhodes. And I was like, yes, so excited. My brand's going to be at the airport. And then for too long of a reason, it didn't happen. We're pitching for duty three, uh, duty free again, very soon. And, um, it was really difficult for me to get a distributor. Everyone was like, you know, I do these meetings and it was like, you know, who's your boss type thing. Like, can we talk to the guy in charge type attitude, which was super obnoxious and just kind of states where we are in Greece in terms of like women are still, Frankly, I feel like second-class citizens and it's not cool. Um, and then I would also say that a lot of the distributors in Greece were like, this is too expensive. And I'm like, um, actually you pay the same price for Belvedere vodka. And guess what the base of Cleos is? I get the same vodka that Belvedere uses from Poland. So not only does this have Belvedere vodka in the bottle, it also has Mastika in the bottle, which is super expensive. You guys have been the ones that have destroyed the value of Mastika. And why would you sit here and pay the same price for a vodka rather than our own product, which is so valuable, you know? Right. So it was this like tug of war and it was very frustrating. And the distributor that I'm coming on with now, they're called Alexandrian Group and they came to me, which was very flattering. And also I finally was like, finally somebody gets it, you know? So, um, Mastika should be expensive, you know, uh, Bel my cap is more expensive than the bottle of Belvedere with the vodka inside in terms of the cost of it. Right. Yeah, so right. we, as Greeks need to place more value on the things that we produce in our country and then learn how to market them accordingly. You know, in terms of PDOs, Feta is another PDO. Guess what uh, sells, what Feta sells the most in the United States? Wisconsin Feta, you know? Yeah. So this is the, I mean, these are battles that kind of have to be, have to be fought. 
And after I sell Cleos, I'll probably fight the feta PDO. I'll probably get on some board for Greek yogurt as well. I mean, what an atrocity that the number one Greek yogurt in the United States is a Turkish owned product, you know? So um, we have a lot of the job that we have to do as Greeks is education. You know, you talk to Americans and there's kind of like two sides of Greece, right? There's like the luxury resort, Mykonos, Amanzo, Costa Navarino. And not a lot of Americans know this. A lot of Americans think of Greece as like Gyro, Suvlaki, Retsina, Uzo, you know, and the kind of more kitschy side of Greece. And I, you know, it's our job to really educate Americans on all of the amazing things that come out of our country. And I feel that that's really what my goal was with this brand was to also change the perception of what people have uh, as like, what is Greece and what are the products that come out of Greece? Got it. Um, so you, all right, I want to pay for a second. Um, you're obviously very driven, uh, amazing work ethic, but who, I want to go on the personal side again. Who are some of your biggest inspirations when it comes to your career and everything you're doing? Um, I mean, they might not necessarily be people that people know. I mean, there's, there's a brand called St. Germain. It's a, an elderflower liqueur that sold to Bacardi for 150 million after five years on the market. The founder of that brand is a guy named Rob Cooper, who was in New York for a long time. His father owned Chambord, which is a like raspberry liqueur that's in a round little bottle, Chambord. Chambord also sold for a big exit. Um, and I wouldn't, Rob himself as an individual, I wouldn't say was someone that like I aspired to be like Rob, but what he did with St. Germain was absolutely genius that he took this, kind of esoteric thing, which was elderflower liqueur, really unique flavor. Americans had no clue about it, but just blew it up in the United States. And they started to call it bartender's ketchup uh, because you could throw it in anything, meaning it, as far as is an ingredient in a cocktail. And so when I first tasted Mostica, I thought to myself, wow, this could be the next St. Germain because of how versatile it is. And now press is calling Cleo's bartenders olive oil. So I love that. That brand was a big um, inspiration for me. Um, other people, I mean, honestly, this is going to sound pretty nerdy, but like I watch Shark Tank every night of my life. Nice. Um, I love that show. I honestly like aspire to be one of the sharks. I'd love to be that person that's cutting checks for entrepreneurs and making their dreams come true, you mm -hmm. know, especially when it comes uh, to women, you know, because we do not get our fair shake of uh, capital out there. 2% of VC funding goes to female owned brands. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I literally, and it's like shark tank every day for me. What's funny is I actually like, raising money. I really like pitching. I enjoy the challenge of it. And I like making a deal, you know? Um, and I think that's why I love 
the, the tank so much, you know, I will watch and I will literally tell you who's getting funded the minute I see the pitch. Um, and then I love just watching the negotiation as well. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, so what, aside from inspirations, what inspires your work ethic? What, what goes through your mind every day when you wake up that you need to be at your best every day? I mean, I'll be honest. I don't wake up every day feeling I need to be at my best. Like I have dealt with uh, clinical depression at different points throughout my career. Um, you know, it's been a really hard road, but the reality is for me with Cleo's, it's been a, such a long road as well that it came to the point, like I had shelved the project and it came to a point where I said to myself, if I don't get this thing off the ground, this is going to be written on my tombstone. Um, I don't necessarily wake up every day super energized, you know, because sure, I have sure. a lot no, of fine. stress and I have yeah, like- no, I, I don't think I should have said every day, things. but more of like what inspires you to make this the best product possible. Well, um, I'll continue where you were. Continue where yeah, many, so, um, I would say more so that there's another guy named Eric Thomas, who's another one of these motivational speakers. And in one of his chats, he is, you know, walking with a young entrepreneur and the young entrepreneur looks up at him and says like, you know, it's like he wants to know the secret, right? Right. And so they're on a walk on the beach and they're in the water and the, uh, the, the guru, let's say, takes this young person and puts their head underwater, okay? Yeah. And then lets them come up for air and says, what were you thinking just now? And the young kid says, I just want to breathe. And the guru says to him, you need to want whatever your business goal is as much as you want to breathe. And not only, like I said, did I say to myself, this is going to be written on my tombstone if I don't make it happen. I'm to the point where I think this is my fate, you know, and that's very Greek of us as well. Like, sure. he you know, to do this. Like, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, you know, I've never felt so strongly about anything in my life. Like I've sacrificed so much to get this thing off the ground, including, you know, full transparency. I'm 43 now. I, don't know if I'm going to, you know, have a family and have children and the whole thing, because I, you know, I'm kind of past those, those years, you know, a big thing for me also was I never wanted to have children or a family unless I was really, really financially secure. So part of my drive in terms of being an entrepreneur was so that I could be financially free. And in the years that it's taken me to get this thing off the ground, it's like, whoop, well, now I'm 43. I've got a frozen baby daddy in Greece uh, waiting for me because I tried to freeze some eggs a couple of years ago over in Greece. And we'll see, you know, the universe, the universe knows all. But one thing's for sure is that Cleos is going to be the next global Greek spirit brand. Love it. So that being said, 
where do you see Cleos in five or, ten, or five or ten years? Uh, in ten years, hopefully, it will have been purchased by a very major big spirits company that will expand it even wider than I will have in the next five years. Um, that's really my my end game. So you do at, at some point will let go of Cleos if the opportunity I, presents itself. I am absolutely building this to be acquired by a major global spirits company. Yes. Awesome. Okay. And you mentioned earlier that you did a soft opening in Mykonos a couple of years ago and that you're planning to bring it to Greece. Are there any other new markets on the horizon? Yeah, I think I mentioned a few of them earlier. Um, Canada, Florida in the next literally three weeks, DC, Maryland, Delaware. Um, also, California and Illinois will probably happen later this year. Amazing. There yeah. you have it. That's Cleos. Um, I'll tell you a couple of stories of Cleos. Uh, one I probably shouldn't say. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about. Um, but I was recently no, I actually... Don't. I'll save that one for the second one. The first one's not that. The first one is I was surprised because I don't think you told me that you were in Florida yet. But I did find some there. Uh, I was down in the Miami area and I was at a Greek restaurant and I wanted Masticha. And I, I always ask for Cleo. So when the person says they don't have Cleo's, I give, but they have something else. I always, I always give them the, the, the face that's like, eh, eh, maybe I'll just do something else. But then I just give in. I'm like, fine, I'll have it. Uh, just so, they, so that they can get the uh, idea of like, oh, why aren't we carrying Cleo's? Uh, Thank you for that. You're high. I always do that. I always, I always <laughs> do that. Uh, but yeah, I was at a restaurant. They had literally like a serving left in the bottle. Otherwise, it was going to be another one. So I'm like, all right, bring it over. We'll, we'll shine that bottle. Then we'll go to the other brand. But the other story, I can't, I won't say names because this is a really embarrassing story, uh, was when I was at a restaurant and they had Cleos, but they had a lot of show models as well on the shelf. So like, and this Cleos obviously looks like water. Uh, I think now you might know the story. I know. So I, I, know. So I asked for a glass of Masika and I'm with my friend. I'm like, this doesn't taste like Masika. He goes, what are you talking about? She's poured it in front of you. I'm like, I'm telling you, this is not tasting like Mastika. I took another sip. I'm like, maybe it's watered down from the ice. No. I'm like, take a sip, man. This is water. And it was, and it was water. Oh, my so God. So he goes, yeah, that's not, there's no liquor in that. So I called the lady over and I was trying to, I was, didn't want to make a scene. I'm like, there's something wrong here. Like, this, I don't think this is Mastika. And she looks at it. She even sniffs and goes, Hold on a second. She comes back. She goes, all right, we're really embarrassed. We're really embarrassed. We're uh, so sorry about this. Next drink's on us. But that one came from the, the, the display models that we have that's, for. That's that what we, I was going to say. Yeah. People, people love the bottle so much. They'll ask me like, hey, can you give me like 10 bottles so I can make a display? Yeah. Yeah. I'll save empty bottles and then we fill them up with water, you know, yeah. for display. It's obviously right. not going to have. But you gotta note it somehow, put like a mark on it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah so that anyone was, else that was a NASA in Astoria. Let's shout them out. We love a NASA. All right. I guess we'll we'll throw the name out there. It was a NASA. But uh yeah, good thing I ordered it straight on the rocks. Otherwise, I may not have even noticed. I would have just said, ah, this one just has a lot of fruit in it. And I would have just never thought twice about it. <laughs> hilarious. Um all right, I want to I want to pivot a little from Cleos. We'll come back to it towards the end, but everyone loves talking Greece, and we want your opinions on some Greek things. Um, how do you get to Greece often? 
Yes. The last time I was there though was summer of 2017, but I stayed for the entire summer. So I was three months in Mykonos and then I was in okay. Athens from September to December. Okay. So that probably answers my next question. Where do you like being in Greece? Is it Mykonos and Athens? Um, honestly, I don't love Athens. I don't love Athens okay. um, in terms of my favorite European cities. Um, I love I do love Mykonos. I'm a total Mykonos junkie. I've been there like 10 times now. It's, you know, I know every, I know everybody there. Um, who can live three months in Mykonos? That should just tell you something. I've also, I've also lived in Vegas. So that should also (laughs) tell you something. (laughs) Uh, and also maybe why I'm 40 and not married, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Chios as well. I love all the islands. Wait, you know? Where are your I, roots in Greece? Where my are roots are, um, my mother was from outside of Tripoli, a little chorio called Caparelli that's now called Mantirea. My father was from outside of Megalopoli and the chorio was called Orestion. And then yeah. my papulides were from Kalamata and Sparti. Okay. So I have, and I have Prika and Patra. So if all fails with Cleos, which it will not, I have a backup apartment in Patra that I can go to. There you go. There you go. So you, but, you mentioned you, you've lived all around the U.S. You said Vegas. You said Florida. I, I'm pretty sure you lived in L.A., right? I lived in, I grew up in Boston. I left when I was 24. I did Vegas, San Diego, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Miami, back to Boston to launch the brand, back to New York, which is where I am now. And I'm going back down to Miami. So no, you didn't live in LA. No, but I've been there. I mean, it's like a home away from home. I've okay. done consulting projects there and I'm going to be moving to LA early 2022. All right. So the reason I ask you this is because the reason I ask all my guests, where's the best Greek food in the US? New York City, no doubt. New York and uh, no give me so if someone's traveling to New York give me three New places York they City. have to visit New York City no doubt I mean look I love Avra it's a classic I'm obsessed um and what I love about Avra and Milos and Kima which are all on my list is that they do raw so it's like Greek sushi, you know, they have these like raw fish preparations, but with Greek ingredients and they are to die for and super healthy. That's one thing I always say about Greek food. It's clean. As long as you're not eating fried, you know, Melizanes uh, chips, like yeah. you're good. You know, our food is so healthy, but so Avra, Kima, Milos, I love Agnadi and Astoria. It's my favorite casual Greek in the country. I used to be a huge fan of Pilos. I haven't been in a long time because they're only beer and wine. And I pretty much can only afford to go where they carry Cleos. <laughs> um, what are some other good ones? Well, Anasa that we mentioned is, is great. Elea, Uptown, E-L-E-A. Yep. Then there's another Elea in the Hamptons, E-L-A-I-A. That's in Bridgehampton fabulous amazing food um and ambiance where else i don't want anyone to get mad at me that i'm forgetting i mean those are my favorites those are my favorites gelati is another classic good one you know Which the, is rest the one that we we home. went to a little before the pandemic started we had some octopus and some salad that was in it was in manhattan i don't remember the name they're all in manhattan i know well yeah true. so 
I can give you when you. This probably doesn't explain it either. There was a narrow. I don't remember the name. It was a narrow restaurant Periali. when you walked in the bars to the right. Periali. 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 Okay. Periali is the yeah. first. Periali is the first white tablecloth Greek restaurant in Manhattan. It's been open for over 30 years now. That's another one of my favorites. Thank you for mentioning that. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so you heard it there. There was a, a long list of New York City Greek restaurants. Feel free to rewind and Ovelia. write those down. Ovelia and Astoria. Yeah. I love because it's like young guys that are kind of doing a little bit more of a, I don't want to say necessarily modern they do more a more modern take on greek food but it's a casual restaurant so it's very hip very hip spot chris and uh pete yanakas own that place okay so speaking speaking of all these greek restaurants i want to know your three favorite greek dishes three favorite greek dishes octopus no doubt that was an easy guess i know Choriatiki. yeah um and i'm gonna say all right are we keeping this to savory dishes or a sweet separate separate we'll, i'll ask you that one after all right um octopus koreatiki and i love tarama i love tarama like to, to me that could be my ketchup i'll put it on eggs i freaking <laughs> love tarama so good all right so Super what are your favorite fasting? sweets sweets my number one go-to is gaimaki so What's funny with Mastika, I ended up interviewing a bunch of people from the Mastika Growers Association, um, including our friend Artemis, who had the Mastika shop in the U.S. And I asked all these kiotes, what's their favorite way to have Mastika? And they all said the liqueur. I was the only one, and I mind you, I own an alcohol brand. I was the only one that said kaimaki. So it's essentially mastica ice cream but it has it's a sheep's milk base so it's got to have seven percent milk fat in the recipe and it has to have mastica salepi which is another spice and cinnamon those three things are aparetita iliga for kaimaki and it is this ice cream that's super stretchy because the mastica and the salepi make it thick um, so the consistency is amazing and just the taste is, oh, I, I love it. I, there, it's the one ice cream that bizarrely cleanses your palate and also makes you feel like you didn't just have something really bad for you. It's very weird. So yeah. I love Kaimaki. Absolutely obsessed. Um, I don't know, lucumadas are always good. And I mean, I mentioned Ovelia earlier. Ovelia does these crazy lucumadas where they'll do like Nutella lucumadas. They'll do, you know, the classic with the like cinnamon siropi that you find at all the Greek festivals here in the US. But the the combo of the kaimaki with the lucumadas, probably like you can't beat that, right? right. For a dessert. Yeah. But and I like baklava, but I like the pistachio baklava with very little honey. I don't like the like over syrupy baklava. I like yeah, I was never a baklava person. So. I like to be a little more dry and I like it to have um, pistachio in it. And I'm going to shout out another Greek restaurant in Boston, Saloniki Greek, which is yep. like a little Greek chain. They do these little baklava chips that you can buy in little bags to go those are amazing and they're also like you know kind of drier they're not 
Yeah, you know, I got to check it out. I was there a few weeks ago, so I should. I got to check it out next time I go. So, really good. All right, those are your three sweets. So, are you a coffee drinker? I only drink decaf. Okay. So, but I like, like coffee. I like the taste of coffee, but I only drink decaf. Okay, so you don't drink any of like Elenico Cafe or Fredos or Frappes, none of that. Not really, no. I mean, okay. when I'm in Greece, I do, and they have them decaf, so you can get a decaf. Yeah. Right. Um, but we made a drink, so I launched Cleos at the Athens Bar Show in October of 2017, and we made a drink called the Cleochino that was Cleos and Nescafe Frappe, and we made it in the Frappiera. It was okay. amazing, Yeah. So you said they make it in decaf. So when, when you have the ability to get in decaf, are you preferring a frappe or a freddo? No, a freddo. Cappuccino or espresso? Cappuccino. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just had to get that question in. We want the answers. Um, so, yeah. So I won't ask you what your favorite Greek liquor is. That's an easy one. Uh, it's we're looking right how at my it. Second, how about my second favorite? All right. Let's go second and third. So I'm going to say second favorite is going to be Tsipuro and Tsipuro de Caraki is beautiful, floral, estate grown Tsipuro. You know, for the people that don't know what Tsipuro is, Tsipuro is like Greek grappa. So it's a grape based distillate. It's the first press of the grape that typically you would throw away when you're trying to make wine, but you can, you can have it uh, distilled you can age Sipuro. So there's some cool aged Sipuro now coming out. Uh, the spirits aficionado, Steve Olson, called it the world's most underrated spirit, Sipuro. So I'm putting my bets after Mastika, my bets are on Sipuro. And of course, the granddaddy of Greek spirits is Metaxa. Um, and I used to work on that brand. Truth be told, I like the Metaxa Dodeca that's come out recently. That's a little more, I don't want to say masculine, but not as sweet as some of the younger distillates, the five star, the seven star. So yeah, those two. Um, great. So one other thing, back to Cleos for a second. Um, what are a couple ways you'd recommend drinking Cleos? Because when I first got into Cleos, like now I like drinking it just straight. But I remember when I was first introduced to it, you had this mix that you were doing at a, it a few years ago at the Hellenic Initiative event in Boston. Right. I think that's where I tried it. And it was yeah. a, and I just kept trying to find the recipe. I don't think I ever found it. I just, that's why I just it's said, you know, on the it bottle. It's on the it, bottle, let us see. The rest was, I, right on the bottle. It didn't taste the same. But then again, I also messed up that other mix on the webinar. So who knows? I just don't know how to make these things. But what's your favorite? If someone's first getting into it, how would you recommend they drink it? So with every spirit that you try, you should be trying it neat first. So you should try it with no ice, just straight. And that's how you can really tell the quality of a good spirit. Taste it neat. Then you can see how much heat's on it, how it lingers, how it coats the palate, the mouthfeel, the aroma, all this. So you want to taste spirits neat first. Then I recommend adding the ice. So a lot of people do, you know, a lot of people do mastica chilled, meaning they put it in the freezer. And yep. I do not recommend that, especially with Cleos. Sorry, my cell phone's going on. It's okay. 
Um, so yeah, do not put Cleos in the freezer. I prefer that you don't. Why? Because it kills all the aromatics, all the beautiful things that we've done with this double distillation process. They kind of get numbed by, by chilling. Does that so, happen in the refrigerator as well? No, no, okay. no, not so much so in the refrigerator. But again, I prefer to keep Cleos neat, keep it out of the fridge and just put it, put one big ice cube in there. So then it opens up. You're not yeah. killing the aroma. You're opening up the aroma when you add one big ice cube, just like you would do with whiskey. Sure. With Scotch whiskey, you have it with like one big ice cube, right? So I like it like that. Then step two, I would say is add a little bit of citrus. So you can take the skin or the peel of a lemon, right? And then twist it. So you're just releasing the oils from the lemon, or you can just take a lemon wedge, squeeze the lemon wedge in there. And, you know, once you cut Cleos with a little bit of citrus, it's literally perfectly balanced. So most of the specs that we do are going to be two ounces of Cleos, half ounce of lemon juice. That's your perfect balance. And then um, for the Cleopatra cocktail, which is the one that you tried, the Cleopatra is the signature drink for Cleos. I joke the woman responsible for the downfall of the Roman empire was Greek and so is your new drink. Um, so it's Cleos, basil and lemon. Super easy to make. You muddle like three to four basil leaves with a half ounce of lemon juice and then add two ounces of Cleos, shake, strain over ice, Greek vacation in a glass. That's the drink. Love it. That's awesome. the drink that's gonna put Mastifa on the map in the United States. There you go. So aside from retail stores, can you purchase Cleos online? You can. If you're in New York, you can get it on wine.com. Um, everywhere else, greekwinesdelivered.com ships pretty much all over. And then in Florida, again, all they need to do is go to my website, drinkcleos.com backslash where to buy. And um, you'll find everywhere you can, you can buy it online as well. Awesome. And then where can we learn more about Cleos? Drinkcleos.com. Is that the website? Yep. Drinkcleos.com. It's the word drink and then K-L-E-O-S. So it's two Ks. There's a whole section on, you know, discover the mystique of Mastica. So I've got all the fun facts on Mastica, medical research on Mastica, because, you know, it kills H. pylori, which is the bacteria that causes peptic ulcers and acid reflux. So it's really good for the gut. So Mastica is the ancient Greek superfood. I dedicated a lot of the website talking about health benefits and applications um, outside of just the, the alcohol. Then there's folklore stories about Mastica, all fu historical fun facts on Mastica. There's a lot of information on my website. Okay. Aside from that health benefit, is there one or two more you can quickly share with us? Or should we just head to the website? Um, yeah, so mastica was used for oral hygiene in ancient times. So it was the world's first chewing gum. It kills all the cariogenic bacteria in the mouth. So it prevents gingivitis. It's antibacterial, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, and antioxidant. They also use it in uh, skincare. So Chanel puts mastica in their blue serum cream which has ingredients from all the blue zones because mastica is also said to have healing and regenerative properties for the skin. 
They actually also put it in uh, bandages, like surgical bandages, because it helps speed up wound healing. There you go. Another it's reason to drink Leo's. I mean, it's a literally a cure-all do-all. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining the podcast. I'm going to leave you with one last question. It's not really Cleo's related, but it's a question I like asking everybody. Um, really simple. What does being Greek mean to you? Being Greek is something that's like, it beats in your heart and in your soul, you know, being Greek. I'll, I'll tell you, I was at, I sponsored a Greek church festival back in Boston. It was like the Brookline church. And I saw there was an interracial couple and I saw this black man, older black gentleman dancing Zebekiko and he was amazing. And I literally, like, I was so moved and I literally felt to myself, like this man is just as Greek as we are because it's, that's what it is. It's this, it's a feeling that's in, in your soul being Greek. Right. You know, it's like, it's like that, it's that, it's that Gephi, it's that lust for life that we have like i remember you know when the crisis happened with the capital controls it was so crazy like you can take money away from a greek person but you can never take away their cigarro their cafe and their bottle they will still want to go out they will still want to socialize you know i think the pandemic i i can't believe how greece just really like fell in line like soldiers during the pandemic. It is insane to me that they were able to literally lock down and stay at home because I feel like it's so against our, our nature, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah. All right, before I let you go, I want to pivot back to Cleo's one more time, uh, the business side of things. You have a goal to take this thing global. Um, what is your approach on this? What kind of marketing are you doing? Um, talk to me as the entrepreneur, the business side of this. So, I mean, the the whole strategy for Cleo's before COVID was getting the brand on drink menus. So, you know, really cool cocktail bars. Love Cleo's because it's a totally unique flavor profile that opens up a whole new world of cocktail opportunities. So that was really the strategy strategy was targeting these influential cocktail bars and getting them to use Cleo's in cocktails on their drink menus. So we are right now on the number one bar on the world's 50 best bar list, the Connet bar in London, we're on their menu. We're on the menu at the number two bar in the world, which is Dante in New York. Um, we're actually in the Dante Martini, which has Cleo's gin, a vermouth and a saline solution. Um, so really that was my initial uh, strategy. And that really is the sales strategy even moving forward once we open up all these new um, markets in the United States. Um, some cool stuff like on the marketing level for consumers is I've collabed with uh, Patricia Field. We're gonna be doing t-shirts Together, Patricia Field was the costume designer for Sex in the City. Some younger people okay. don't know her, but she also costume designed The Devil Wears Prada, Ugly Betty. She's doing Emily in Paris right now. Um, and so she's pretty iconic. Um, women who are fashionistas definitely know Pat and who she is. So we're doing, she has a line called 
Patricia Field art fashion that's like underground New York artists that treat clothes in a different way and have their own signatures. So the umbrella is Patricia Field art fashion. And then there's different kind of brands underneath that, according to the artist. And so we're doing a limited edition t-shirt line. That's Patricia Field art fashion um, by Mateos, who's another Greek uh, designer that's here in New York. And the t-shirts have this like superhero Cleopatra on the shirt. So it's kind of supposed to embody the woman that is drinking the cocktail, right? It's a dynamic Greek woman. Um, and there's different versions of Cleopatra. So that's something that I'm going to be doing, rolling out like next year. Once we have more markets open, it's going to be, um, you could either buy the t-shirt standalone and proceeds are going to go to charity, probably to the girls club in the Lower East Side, which is Patricia's favorite charity that she works with. And then I'm also going to be doing them as a gift with a purchase for, for online, but a small run on those. Um, you know, another thing that I'm doing is a lot of spoofs. So I didn't mention before I have done stand-up comedy and I really believe that marketing is about emotional connectivity. And if you can make people laugh, I think you've, you've got them for life, you know, sure, and sure. it's weird because the brand is a luxury brand. So you like, yes, of course, you know. Uh, I love like those, you know, sexy, glamorous photos of Greece. But then there's a part of me, especially with this pandemic, that was just kind of like, my God, we are like starved of laughter this past year. And so I haven't put them out yet, but I filmed a couple spoofs that I'm going to pop out there really soon. Uh, one of them is a spoof on the old Calgon Take Me Away commercials, which again, some people might be too young to know what that reference is, but just Google Calgon Take Me Away. I spoofed those ads. And um, I also did a spoof recently where I played myself in a liquor store doing a tasting. And then I played Boston Effie, which is decked out in Red Sox and Celtics gear and has like a wicked hardcore Boston accent <laughs> and, you know, is asking a real Effie about Mastika and it's really funny and has, you know, the thick, thick Boston accent and a couple F bombs dropped in for, for good color. Um, and then I have to say, like, also during the pandemic, what's been really cool is like, and I know you are friends with some of them too. A lot of these um, kind of younger Greeks that are posting a lot on Instagram, there's like some of these young comedians that I found that are amazing, like so, so funny. And so I've started sending bottles out to folks and been kind of like, hey, if you could do a funny spoof, like, or something incorporating Cleos, that'd be great. And so like, um, Gus Constantelis, uh, AKA constantly Gus was the first person that I actually was like, listen, I would love to collab, you know? And he always puts his, his Greek mom, his classic Greek yeah, mom yeah. in a lot of the videos. And so I was like, do you think maybe you could get your mom to try Cleos and like, tell us her impression of it, you know, yeah, because I saw, I saw that, uh, he posted a video. I haven't watched it yet. So after we're oh done, I'm going to go and watch his video. It is it is so funny. Like, I, I, couldn't have, 
I couldn't have directed it any better. I yeah. mean, he is, he is brilliant. He's honestly yeah. brilliant. I'm going to check that um, out. My, I do have one other question though. Um, so you have all these ideas, all these plans. Do you have a, a, a team that's helping you or is Cleo's just you? Um, I have been a one man band since the brand has launched. So since March of 2018, I've been a one woman show save that I've hired some people to help do events and take things in store, but we're closing on a capital raise very shortly. So I'll be looking to make my first hires. So I'll be hiring a regional sales director, um, in New York. I'll be hiring some brand ambassador slash, you know, on-premise sales roles in Miami, Chicago, um, and Boston very soon. So I look forward to actually having a strong team around me to help take this to the next level. Amazing. All right. One last question. Um, if someone was just had this idea, not your particular idea, if someone, what would you tell someone that's just starting out with this crazy idea that they want to create this next amazing product and they're in the early stages, what is some advice you would give this person? So I always say never create a brand or a product because you and your friends like it. Um, one of the most important things I think that I learned in my very long career in the liquor industry, especially having corporate roles is how important it is to do focus groups. Um, you know, and I had to do formal focus groups for a few brands that I've worked on where you're literally getting a hundred people in a room and then you're behind a room and they can't see you. They don't know that you can see them. And there's a moderator asking questions, you know, and you're kind of looking at feedback. So I did a lot of focus groups for Cleos, even though I've been in the business for 20 years, even though I'm an insider in the business and I was like, Ooh, this is going to be the next St. Germain. This is fabulous. Even though I had very strong gut feelings on Cleos will be great in the American market and the global market. I had to test. I tested that, you know, I tested that. I tested it to find out Who's going to be the people drinking Cleos? Is it women? Is it men? Are people going to respond to the brand identity? You know, I also did focus groups uh, with bartenders just on the bottle shape and design. I had them bring in, you know, five bottles they love, five bottles they hate. And initially the bottle for Cleos was going to be short and stout because so many expensive liqueurs, you look at Grand Marnier, look at Pointreau, look at Di Serrano, they're like short, fat bottles, Patron even. And so I thought that's what it should be. And then when we did the bartender focus groups, they hate those bottles. So the last thing I want is if I want my brand to be bartender's olive oil, it better be easy to, to use and pick up, you right. know? So Cleo's kind of toes the line where it's, aesthetically pleasing, but then it's also functional. Um, so yeah, that's the biggest piece of advice that I would give any, um, any entrepreneur test, Amazing. test, test. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, you, I know you mentioned it earlier, but we can, you guys can find Effie on Instagram as Greek Sp spirit girl, Greek spirit, muse, muse, M muse, muse, Greek spirit, muse. Uh, or find her brand on Instagram, Drink Cleo. So that's with two Ks, 
drink Cleos, and then on the website it's drinkcleos.com. Yep. There you go. So I highly recommend get yourself a bottle of Cleos, and you'll understand why we just spent an hour talking about it. Uh, it's delicious. You know, I love it. It's the uh, first thing I ask for when I'm out, um, wherever I am, whether it's Greece, New York, Boston, Florida, uh, it's always Cleo's first. Uh, thank you, Effie. Hashtag monomastica, monocleos. Monomastica, there you go. Awesome. Thank you for joining the podcast and good luck with everything in the future. And hopefully down the road, you do reach a goal to sell this off. But in the meantime, keep enjoying the process. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk soon. Cheers. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, learned something new, or were inspired, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe for more episodes of the podcast.